Hello and welcome to Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save. My name is Daniel Dopp. Here with my two best friends, Mike Clay and Field Yates, like we do every Wednesday, breaking down our Week 9 rankings conversation. Guys, last night was Halloween. Mike, do you have any fun stories from doing Halloween stuff? Nope. All we right. Got, uh, we got all the kids together and went around the neighborhood, trick or treated at all the houses, and end of story. That was it. That wasn't that was funny it. or fun to you? Oh, it was super fun. Yeah, oh, okay, good. good. Yeah, okay, good nice. That's a, nothing out of the ordinary. That was a no, fairly normal. Yeah, just Halloween. worked our way around, had a good time. Nice. Was, what about you? Feel wholesome, uh, wholesome Halloween. We are at wholesome and cute phase with our kids for Halloween. We uh, our kids stayed out, uh, stayed up later than they normally do. Oh, I mean, yeah. one of them's four months old, so she goes to bed <laughs> kind of whenever she feels like it. The other one's almost two, and she's usually down for bed by seven o'clock. We pushed it to almost eight o'clock last Whoa, night because she wow. is having so much fun. My favorite thing, though, from last night was we taught her how to trick or treat. But instead, when she went and knocked on someone's door, she would go, Ticket teat! Stop. So that's that was so pretty awesome cute. right there. So that's we love that. Uh, so we did some ticket eating last night, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, what she's. Were they? Uh, they're pirates like me. Oh, yeah. Okay. The whole family is pirates. Family of pirates. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, my, my second daughter Fair. might actually be a pirate. We haven't quite figured it out. <laughs> so we figured, you know, like we might as well endorse this endeavor that she mm. might be taking on for the entirety of her life. I actually know someone whose sibling is a pirate. Okay, they, right? they have adapted, like they have taken on this lifestyle yes. as a pirate. Yeah. Did they have little Bobo jerseys? Captain Bobo jerseys? Uh, we thought about that. Might no. be a next year thing. <laughs> okay. All yeah. Right, fair enough. So I don't know if they make sizes that little. That's yeah. amazing. We're uh, they're progress. probably a Bobo onesie somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, the Seahawks yeah. do play, and I believe both New York and New England next year. So Ooh. start buying tickets for those games already. Yeah, get them now while you can. We had a, we had a baby and an old lady. Those are your kids' yeah. costumes? Oh, okay. a baby and an old lady. Uh, you just, by the you way, can just borrow mine if you want to take one of the babies. By, by the way, baby, low-key, great costume because it's kind of chilly. Yeah. And she oh, just had yeah. a full-on thick onesie. Yeah. Genius. Kind wow. of chilly. It was really chilly last night here in the Northeast doing trick-or-treat. Honestly, night. if I didn't like have we, a couple of Miller Lights in me last night, I would not have made it through because it, it was so cold. <laughs> I needed that blanket. We didn't go out and do our own trick-or-treating because Manny, my son, is 19, so yeah. we stayed inside the house. So Rosie dressed up as an octopus, which was a lot of fun. Manny dressed up as the Statipiller. Uh, from the fantasy oh, show. Yeah. So Did we he put just that borrow on. the costume? Yeah, we have the costume at home. Well, one yeah. of the costumes at home. Yeah. So we put that on for. So what did you go as? Uh, I I just got home at the time that like people were coming through. Uh, so I was just me. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Last thing, and then we'll talk about football here for a second. You learn a lot about the first person to show up at your house on Halloween. That 458 arrival for mm-hmm. the first trick or two oh, last yeah. night hits different. You know what that kid wants? That kid wants to be great. That kid is going places in life. That's mm-hmm. right. No waiting around. Nobody in life has gotten what they wanted by waiting for someone else to bring it to them. So if you had, if you, if your kid was the first person out trick or treating last night, congratulations. Mm-hmm. That kid is probably going to have a scholarship to college one That's day. Right. That's, yeah. Might play in the NBA. <laughs> I don't know. Might win a Nobel Peace Prize. Here's why. Be a professor somewhere. He, he or she had already mapped it out. Right. They have several they neighborhoods were planning. to get to. That's neighborhood one. Yes. They have like five, six more to go. Correct. I think you learn a lot about the first kid that shows up at your house on Halloween. I really believe that. It's an important thing. So I may be new to this parenting thing, and my kids aren't old enough to go out there on their Mm -hmm. own yet. But when they are, I'm going to be encouraging them. 1230, have a little lunch, hit the road. Hit the road. Get out there. Why not? Is there some rule that prevents you from going out sooner than, like, I don't know, 5.30 p.m.? You're going to be, at that point, I mean, you're going to work, keep working your way up. You're going to be hiring an assistant at that point. Yeah. And that's, that's, you're hired. First person shows up at your door, hired. There has to be an app that allows you to find out the densest neighborhoods in your community. Uh-huh. 
we will be finding those dense neighborhoods. We are going to be a volume collecting candy family. I'll say this too. If you're going to be a volume collecting candy family, one of the little kids that came by my house didn't have a normal receptacle. In fact, he brought his pillowcase and he was like, I always bring my <laughs> pillowcase because it's bigger than everyone's bag. And that's a great way to think about that it. That is a great you know what I'm call saying? right there. That's hilarious. Shout right. out to RG3. I'm going to read this tweet that he sent out a little earlier. Uh, Tonight, our family experiencing something like never before in my life. Have I've been to countless Hallelujah Nights, which in case you've ever gone to church and don't do Halloween, they try to do like a church-themed Halloween mm-hmm. thing, right? Seen people in costumes from Moses to Samson, been to college Halloween parties and seen some wild stuff, been trick-or-treating as a kid with our parents and as a parent with our children, but we have never seen someone selling candy at their door for trick-or-treating treating to children's tonight we saw just that how is that possible how is that possible that rg3 found someone that was selling candy to children for halloween like did he like walk into a 7-eleven or something like that seems like not that's like absolutely outside the spirit of halloween i I have no idea how that works that that kid is like very entrepreneurial right like one day that kid's gonna be on shark tank and be like all right so listen to me that kid has a pillowcase full of candy i promise you he has more candy than everyone else in the neighborhood just going around selling to everybody mr cuban and mr john and (laughs) mr wonderful let me talk to you for a second here all right I want to offer you 5% of my business for $50 million. Are you interested? Mm-hmm. So he was giving out the little candies, but then had the big candy sitting here and said, well, if you want to upgrade, you want to upgrade as an upcharge, you throw right. a dollar in the pot. You get to pick from the big bowl. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what. We had a couple of teams that decided to upgrade at the trade. Oh, deadline. Yeah. 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 Is, that why, is that why that intro took so long? You were just waiting. I was you waiting. waiting. Perfect, Where's my moment? Where's my moment to strike? Right there. All right. <laughs> you nailed it. Great let's job. Let's talk about some trades here because we had right. the trade deadline last night. Yeah. There was one big one that really was, I, I shouldn't say big one. I know. I'm so glad it, you took that back. It's like there was one like sort of little one that we talked about, but there's one that sort of fits with us in fantasy and it's Joshua Dobbs getting traded from the Arizona Cardinals to the Minnesota Vikings Cardinals giving up a seventh round pick plus Josh Dobbs in order to get a sixth round pick back. It's about as cheap of a deal as you can make in order to make sure that you have yourself a quarterback. Jaron Hall field has been the guy that we've been talking about that would fill in this week, potentially for Kirk cousins. He will fill in this week. That was announced yesterday. How do you feel about this? Josh Dobbs moves to Minnesota. First of all, I expect him to be the starter by week 10. Okay. So by next week, I'll have 10 or so days to get up to speed here. And I actually, first of all, like as somebody that does have Josh Dobbs in a very thin quarterback room in a Mm -hmm. two quarterback league, I'm very happy about (laughs) Josh Dobbs. Uh, And by the way, this like, this was sort of forecasted. It made very little sense that the Cardinals would bench Josh Dobbs in favor of Clayton Mm -hmm. Toon when Mm -hmm. Josh Dobbs had been by all accounts, like completely solid for them, given the fact that they traded for him just before the start of the season. And I'll say this, this resuscitates a little bit of the quarterback value of a position that all of a sudden is hurting in a fairly dramatic way right now. So I think Dobbs ends up in a spot where he can be slightly better than what he was in Arizona for these obvious reasons. First of all, one of the top five rushing quarterbacks so far this season. So he's got value Mm -hmm. with his legs. That's going to help set a floor. But then this offense is extremely talented, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, going from Hollywood Brown and Trey McBride to eventually, well, hopefully, Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison and and TJ Hawkinson and KJ Osborne, pretty reasonable offensive line play of late. That, to me brings in the possibility that Josh Dobbs can once again be a streaming option once he is a starter in week 10 and beyond. Yeah, I think the word that stuck out to me that you said was resuscitate, which is resuscitates the fantasy value, perhaps, of the skill guys in this offense, because that was the big concern. If Jaron Hall is the best they have going forward and he really struggles, which it was possible... He, they were going to have the 32nd best passing efficiency the rest of the season. Yes, It's a, at least a possibility. It still is, but now it's unlikely that it's going to be that bad. 
So that's what I feel like. Because, look, Dobbs was not great in Arizona by any means. He added some value with his legs. His efficiency was below average. Fine, but it wasn't horrific. And it was enough that Marquise Brown was a good fantasy starter. Yeah, It was enough that they had the fourth most tight end targets. And yep. Zach Ertz was actually hanging on the tight end one radar. Now, of course, we saw Trey McBride have the big game last week. So uh, that makes me feel like there's a chance for Justin Jefferson to still be a good wide receiver one. And in the meantime, Jordan Addison may be a wide receiver two. And of course, it's great for TJ Hawkinson because yes. Dobbs love throwing it to the tight end. And uh, Hawkinson, there was some concern. Maybe the volume and efficiency would drop. So I think that's really the key for me is let's at least get a competent NFL quarterback yep. in Minnesota, a, an extremely pass-heavy offense that can hold down the four. One thing I'll say is the pass volume, it's going to drop. They're probably going to balance the offense a little bit more schematically, but also Dobbs runs the ball a lot. He's top five in all rushing categories. So he's going to run the ball a little more. He'll scramble more. That's going to take away some volume. Uh, but I think it's enough here. It's just enough that I feel like, okay, these guys, it's not going to be a full-blown implosion for this uh, this Minnesota offense. Yeah. We're talking about the parallels between what the Vikings offense could look like to the Jets offense, right? I mean, how they dropped off so dramatically with yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, and what I imagine mm -hmm. the offense would have looked like with Aaron Rodgers under center. I get it was just four plays. Oh, I know. I drafted a ton of Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, uh, so trust yeah. me. I'm with you. <laughs> but hopefully we have avoided, and not that Garrett Wilson is not usable, but, I mean, you are you are really just banking on elite volume for Garrett Wilson to be usable in your lineup every single week. And when you've got multiple pass catchers in Minnesota, none of them are bound to see the kind of volume that Garrett Wilson is prone, more prone to see uh, in New York once Justin Jefferson is back, other than Jefferson himself. Here's the thing, though. Garrett Wilson is seeing an, an absurd target share, yeah. right? like a third of the targets. And he's like, what, 28th in points per game? I mean, Tyreek would be. I was going to say. He'd yeah. be up there. He would yeah. be probably yeah, yeah, yeah. top five. Yeah, so, Tyreek. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was... That was huge. I yeah. mean, that was a just season-changing move. And, and I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson knew it because Rodgers apologized to yeah. him right after yeah. it happened. Like, yeah. he, everyone knew what happened there. So that's kind of devastating. Um, but, yeah, that could that could have happened here. Maybe it still will, but I think at least it'll be okay. Enough that you could feel good start. I can't wait guys. to have Joshua Dobbs be the second rushing touchdown for the Minnesota Vikings rather than all my <laughs> Alexander know. Madison shares right now. How about now? Joshua Dobbs' football journey over the past 12 months or mm -hmm. so? Seriously. Like, so remember, so he goes... He was in Detroit on the practice squad for like 30 seconds, yep. right? Like he literally was in Detroit for so short and he got the call to go to Tennessee so abruptly mm -hmm. that his parents had to go to Detroit and pick up his car at the airport because he had left <laughs> it in the garage there and drive it down to Nashville so we could start a game that week. Browns, Cardinals, Vikings, Lions, Titans, all within a year. And he's going to have a chance to like not just start for Minnesota, but maybe parlay this into a real contract this offseason. Good for him. Yeah, really he could start. He could end up starting every week. Of, well, no, he won't start this week. But Besides yes, this week. He yes. might play every week of this every season. Week. It wouldn't yep. surprise me if it's a first half disaster and he gets some second half run this week. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't I mean, surprise me either. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Leonard Williams for the Seahawks is now on pace, assuming he plays this weekend, oh. to be the first player to ever play 18 games in oh, one cool. NFL season. Dude, how fun That's the that kind of like nerdy stat that maybe the three of us care about, but mm -hmm. most of America is like, you guys are complete losers. Look, I was into the defensive trait. I mean, that was the bigger story. 
Oh, yeah. Defensive, defensive side yeah. this year. Washington yeah. clean in house. So yeah. I'm, I'm into that. That was good. And I feel like the Williams one just kind of flew under the radar. That's, it did. That, he's a superstar. Yeah, he's, that guy's great. He's an excellent player. I think it's just different at 29 versus, you know, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Guys. Chase Young and yeah. a much earlier stage of the, well, an earlier one contract prior to Leonard Williams, I suppose. Yeah, and uh, as an Eagles fan, I don't want to talk about the uh, 49ers trade. Ooh, uh, I did not feel good about that as a Lions fan either. They yeah. just keep getting stronger. What a get. Anyway. Detroit Lions did make a trade, though, actually, for Donovan Peoples-Jones coming over from the Cleveland Browns for a sixth-round pick. I like it. This is a better NFL move than it is a fantasy move. Yeah, it was Marvin Jones replacement. Yeah, Marvin Jones, uh, de facto retired, at least for now. We'll see if he comes back at some point. But they were looking for a replacement for him. Uh, Obviously, Jamison Williams hasn't been there yet, hasn't been a full-time player. So you sub out Jones, you sub in Peoples-Jones. I see. Yeah, look at that. that? Literally a Jones for Jones. I get it. I get what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I I don't know that he's going to have fantasy value. I mean, we have seen Josh Reynolds uh, usage drop off. So maybe he ends up slotting in as the number two and not in targets, but number two in in terms of wide receiver volume. I don't know. It's going to be enough to be a a flex starter. But you're right. Better NFL move. Oh, and by the way, do love it for Cleveland, though, because I want to see Cedric Tillman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering if he hasn't. He's a third round rookie. David Bell was a third rounder last year. Uh, they didn't really use those guys. I think part of it was just they had three guys on the field all the time. Tillman's been a healthy scratch, I think, probably because he's not playing special teams. But wouldn't surprise me if he works his way up and is number three, maybe eventually number two in targets at wide receiver. I like that him as a prospect a ton. Can't wait to see him out there. Uh, yeah, I just would like uh, the Cleveland passing offense to be more functioning before oh, yeah. I start talking about their third wide receiver having I mean, anything a, in the way a of fantasy value. <laughs> that, was a, yeah. that was dynasty yeah. excitement because you know all my teams and yeah. I like them a lot. Yeah. So um, you don't have to add them yet. So probably my biggest takeaway from this Donovan Peoples-Jones trade on the Detroit side, beside what Mike said, was, uh, and credit to uh, the great Dan Wetzel. I'm sure you guys have all read Dan a million times before. He's Absolutely. a legend of the game. He pointed out that DPJ went to high school 0.9 miles from Ford Field. No way. I did and not he posed know that. the yeah. question, is that the closest that any player has gone to high school to the eventual NFL stadium he would call home? Has, I, I can't imagine there's Probably. another high school within a mile of a team stadium. Yeah, I mean, where would that I, even be? I, I, I've, I've never been. It's, it's something that I'm embarrassed to admit to Lambeau Field. And, uh, but I have seen how like there are so many houses right around Lambeau mm. Field where you just park in someone's backyard. Maybe there's a local high school there. That's true. Maybe Rob Domofsky's son goes to the high school right near Lambeau That's Field. That's where you get a homeschooled kid right outside of it, Ooh. and then they go and play mm. in the NFL. Do I don't know. that actually counts? I don't know. Is it this, are there a lot of homeschooled NFL players? You know something, Daniel? I know a lot of random crap that is absolutely irrelevant to most people. I, I do not know that. Yeah, know, guys. Yeah. I don't I know that. It. I don't know that one. Don't know that one. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are some, right? I do think that for this move, and I don't know how this isn't going to mean a whole lot for us, but I do wonder if they're going to replace Jamison Williams' deep shots more with Donovan Peoples-Jones because I Ooh. think they need to see J-Mo. He struggled. Like, just honestly, he struggled out of the gate, right, with everything. I wonder if they're trying to find ways to manufacture touches a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage rather than so. only making yeah. him catch 45-yard passes. That deep speed is obvious. Yeah, I is. want them to have – I want him to be able to have the ball in his hand and do some of that. Yeah, that's so, what you want. You want seven targets for Williams and a carry every game? Something I don't, like yeah, that. People I don't want, stones, you need three targets. Exactly. You know, something like that, situational deep there. But this is probably – his ceiling's probably like that MVS sort of category. Deep Ooh. in J. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah he, that's, that's the role they want him or yep. I assume, you know, similar to Marvin Jones. Agreed. So. 
All right, last two, and these two already happened. I'm just going to mention it really quickly so we can say we talked about it. Chase Claypool going to Miami and Van Jefferson also going to Atlanta. So yep. far, we haven't seen a whole lot of movement with either of these guys. I was say, well, if I, I'm not the projections guy here at ESPN, but if I had to do a projection for Chase Claypool in his first two games with the Dolphins, it'd be around uh, one catch for like 13 yards. Yeah. That'd be my yeah. guess about how two much target so far. Yeah, uh, one catch, right? Okay, I think so. Yeah, one yeah. catch for thirteen I, yards. He had two yeah. targets last week. <laughs> yeah. This first so. time he played, and that was. Uh, they, I mean, I mean yeah. that shows you the situation in Atlanta, though. Van Jefferson is their clear number two already. Yeah. He is blown. Uh, Matt Collins is way down the depth chart. He's just blown away. Kadarrell Hodge, those kind of guys. Uh, he's the two. They're, and he's not even. I mean, look, we're not. We're unsure if we should start Drake London. I was gonna say, like, we like, need to get. Come on now. We need to get Drake Let's London and Kyle topic. Pitts fantasy relevant <laughs> yeah, before like, we start worrying about Van Jefferson and his exactly. like, standings not, in the wide uh, receiver ranks here's this week. A question: Do you think that Arthur Smith is the Atlanta or the Florida of coaches? Is that where fantasy players Can just you, go to die? Oh, you know how like in America, oh, like Florida oh, is where you know what I'm saying. Like this is wow. it, it feels like this is Atlanta just keeps keeps and keeps on taking fantasy value from players. Man, someone just retired and moved to Florida and is listening to this show and is like, Jesus, God, that's dude. well, I <laughs> Next mean, podcast, yeah, God, they just got dark. We retired. <laughs> All right, let's move ahead and talk about some quarterback conversations because yeah, baby. this is not going to be that much fun either, if we're going to be honest. So we're, we had a couple of guys yeah. so far here in week nine that we like fields. You laid out yesterday in the show. You're like, I got a clear line yep. that I'm drawing here in week nine as a reminder. Yep. Lions and Jared Goff, 49ers and Brock Purdy. Yep. Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence yep. and the Broncos and Russell Wilson are all out on by this week. So yep. field, when we talk about your top eight at the quarterback position, Tell us who you like this week and why it's so hard for you to draw a line after eight. By the way, no, it's not hard for me to draw a line. Why it's so easy for you to draw a line after eight. Yeah, I was going to say, I got through eight and then I was like, what the hell? Yeah, there was like (laughs) nothing left. Here are the eight, and I'm just going to read them in order in which they are ranked, and then I'll tell you the next players in my rankings, and you'll understand why I'm drawing it at eight. All right, let's see if we can get this top eight. Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes, okay. Lamar Close. Jackson, yeah, okay. Tua Tunga Bailoa, uh-huh. Joe Burrow, yes. Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert. Yeah. Okay. Unless you it. have two of those players on your roster for some insane reason, assuming you have just one of them, you are starting that player this week and you feel good about it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's a good list. I mean, you're feeling good here. You're like, yep. man, it can't drop off much from here, can it? You can't until it can. <laughs> here are the next quarterbacks in my rankings. Okay. CJ Stroud. Okay. Baker Mayfield. Oh, no. Sam Howell. Oh, boy. Gardner Minshew. What? Yep. Those are my quarterbacks nine through 12 this week. Now, as we talk about those players, could or will any of them have a big week this week? Of course they could. And my guess is two or three of them might actually have a pretty reasonable fantasy week, 15 plus fantasy points. But just think about the confidence you have to have. Are you the confidence you probably do have in CJ Stroud after last week being in this perfect spot against the Panthers? He was bad. Mm -hmm. Wasn't good. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield was good last week. Baker Mayfield also has enough of a sample size for us to know that he is not a sure thing in fantasy football. Correct. They play the Saints this week as well, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Who's that? Who, who does uh, Stroud? Tampa plays Houston. I'm sorry, Tampa plays Houston. I had the yeah, Houston yeah, plays Tampa, yeah. Um, Sam Howell was awesome last week. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly know what to make of the matchup against the Patriots, though, right? Yeah, that like, makes me a little nervous, too. I'm thinking about streaming him, but yeah, at yeah. New England, it's just... Well, like, they, like, like he, he could be great. He yeah. has been, but also, like, the Patriots, they did not stop the Dolphins last week, mm-hmm. but we've also seen the Patriots, like... They're they, at they, home. They, it's in New England. They yeah. were awesome against Josh Allen two weeks ago for 55 minutes yeah. of the game, and so... you mentioned this yesterday, Field, where when I talked about Sam Howell being able to, like, Blake Bortles his way, part of that is because he was playing offenses that were scoring points, making yeah. them have to come back. That's not really the New England Patriots yeah, right it's, now. This might be a 24-21 game, right? Um, and then Gardner Minshew, he's had moments this year, 
and like he carved the the Browns up, which was completely unexpected. And then he's had games in which you think to yourself, like, yeah, he should ball out, and he does what C.J. Stroud did last week. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like there's eight, and then everybody beyond those eight. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, yeah, and uh, I'm with you. Those are pretty much all my top streaming options as well. The guys inside my top 12, I'm a little lower on Minshew just because he had that huge game and otherwise has not been good. I mean, last week he was QB 16. That was his next best finish of the season. He was outside the top 20 every week until uh, two weeks ago. So I don't feel as confident about him at Carolina. They allowed two big games to Tua and Goff, but otherwise no top 16 finishes this season. But I'll I'll throw into the list here, uh, Jordan Love, uh, obviously, he has fallen off a bit since a, a good start to the season. But mm. again, we're talking about the best of a, a bad situation here. He's an option. Uh, Matthew Stafford, his best weekly finish is 14th. So it's hard to get super excited for him. Thank you. Uh, as well. Also, he might not play in this one. We'll see if if he's healthy enough to play. If not, Brett Rippon steps in. How about this one? You want a long shot, deep one, just matchup dependent. No. Uh, this, and no, by the way, no, give solid, it to me. Yes. No, I want a solid well, start. No, yeah, I want it. There are Bring no solid options. Di- That's what we're saying. There's no <laughs> solid. Kind of yes. Okay, so I'm going to give you a, a lottery ticket because of the matchup. It's Will not Levis? a guy you'd ever. What? Will Levis? No. Uh, well, he's probably next in our rank. He's okay. like 15th. Tom DeVito. Mac Jones. Oh, I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. And here's why. Yeah. Washington has allowed seven straight top tens to quarterbacks. Has it really? Seven straight. Really? Yeah. Ever since week one. So they've got seven straight quarterbacks. Did Washington just do anything to their defense that would make them be not as good? That's a good call. Oh, my friend, because name one of their edge rushers currently on the roster. I, I actually <laughs> yeah. cannot right now. Yeah. No, we did talk about this before the show. Casey Tuhill. Oh, that's Casey right. Tuhill, that's former right. Eagle. Former yes. Eagle, yeah. Uh, number yes. one. And, and you know, like, first of all, like we all know that like the, the bad Mac Jones games are obviously are very poor for fantasy uh-huh. purposes. He said, I can think of at least two games this year uh, against Buffalo and Philadelphia, yeah, where he was either yeah. at or above 20 or, fantasy points, too. So, yeah, Mac, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's not like, Philly. yeah, so we've seen a couple of instances where, like, the matchup kind of aligned. Not a terrible call. Obviously, a very thin wide receiver room, but desperate times may call for desperate measures. Maybe a good fantasy, a daily fantasy. Play. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's just, again, at this point, you might be in a situation, especially in a deeper league, where you're looking at these guys, or maybe they're not even available, and you're yeah. looking at waivers and seeing bottom of the barrel guys. Mac Jones. At home in this matchup, again, to your point, they just traded Trey Young and Montez away. Sweat. And yep. uh, who yeah, is their first round pick? Emmanuel Forbes can't even play yeah, right now. Yeah, he was benched. Uh, who was it? I think it was last week. Was it Jonathan Allen? It was one of the DTs that was yeah. like, or Deron Payne. One of them was like, just, um, you know, and it's. Allen was like, I'm sick of this yeah. bleep. Yeah. And now they just traded the two edge rushers. Oh, I mean, morale yeah, totally. can't be great for that team trying to win games right now. So. How do the coaching staff feels? Like, yeah. it's basically yeah. like, all right, yeah. so you guys are not going to be back next year. Just FYI. Yeah. Because yeah. we traded away all the players that are uh, not all the players. We traded away it. two foundational pieces if we were going to, like, continue to see this one through and call this our core. But, like, two 25 or 26 and under edge rushers who... You know, Sweat's an awesome football player. Yeah, and obviously Chase yeah. Young's very, very talented as Breakout well. Breakout year this year for him. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, it's it's got to be an interesting week right now for the Washington Commanders. Yeah. So what do you think? By the way, put your GM hat on for yeah. a second. Washington traded Chase Young, yeah. second overall pick for a third round pick. Goes to the 49ers. They could resign him and have a superstar edge rusher for I'd a long time, or yeah. or he could leave. Yeah. Sign a big contract elsewhere. Someone will sign him. I bet and on get a part. third round pick yeah. back. Yeah. Compensatory. So correct. They basically it's it's pushed one year later. Correct. Is that Washington just wants that third round or one year earlier? What are they thinking there? Uh, yeah, I think that would that'd be my guess. Is that like uh, teams would so people that that aren't as familiar with how the comp picks work? Like if you lose a guy in free agency 
And it also could be that they were projecting themselves to be busy this year. But basically, if in free agency, you lose several more players than you sign and the financial difference mm -hmm. is significant, you are awarded more compensatory picks. So if you're going to be an active team in free agency, which maybe Washington forecasts, then having a bunch of players go out the door is not as impactful mm -hmm. for compensatory pick mm -hmm. purposes. But uh, yeah, my guess is like more than anything else, it was get that 2024 third round pick locked in because maybe, and I'm not necessarily saying this is a guarantee, but like maybe Chase Young doesn't ball out for the 49ers and maybe he goes to Judevi and Clowney route where he ends up signing a bunch of one-year deals that mm -hmm. are for good but not great money and that compensatory pick is a fifth round pick as opposed to a third round pick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I yeah. mean, Young has had injury issues. That's the reason he went for a three and sweat one for a two. Yep. Yeah, totally. Uh, but he's yeah. been, he really has been great this year. So it's going to be good, uh, good for, I think it's a great deal for the Niners, a team trying to win the Super Bowl. Washington, it is a head scratcher that they move both guys. A, uh, they I are, this is new ownership right here. Yeah. yeah. How much, and I don't think the answer is probably, the answer is probably none. I'm going to ask you anyways. I think this was as active as I've seen the NFL trade deadline at the actual trade deadline. Back to back years. Was there anything that ever moves like strength of schedule based on what you've seen from trades? Because you always put out a strength of schedule tweet and you talk about uh -huh. how like, you know, this changes things. If the if the commanders lost both of their young premier edge rushers, is this one of those things where it's like you look at it and it's like, well, this might be a defense that we're going to target. <laughs> kind well, of already was, right? I, I was just yeah. going to say, it's like they go from the worst in the league to, uh, to the XFL. Now we're yeah. in the Broncos, like <laughs> yeah. officially, like is that? Yeah. How it works. I mean, the Broncos yeah, are good now. All of a sudden, I know. How did that work know. out? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So right. it's still, yeah. That's if it was like a mid-range matchup. Now it'd be a little bit of be a better different. matchup. There, it's already a great one. It, to my point, they've already allowed too many yards, seven straight top <laughs> ten. So that's a maybe a long shot for you, Mac Jones. I don't know if he's under twenty percent. Probably we is. can't do quarterbacks. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So, but there are actually right. a few interesting long shots this week that I'm mm -hmm. looking okay. forward to sifting through over the next couple of hours this afternoon and uh, sending along my heck, initial yeah. list. After Mike Clay almost cost me what would have been a massive, no, massive I egg on my face. Week. Let's be Correct. clear. I saved the narrative saved between it. those two stories is very close to being different. But uh, so yes, All right. back, I was feeling regret about halfway through the day. But by the end, never in doubt. <laughs> never in doubt, <laughs> never baby. In doubt. All right, we're going to dive into our week nine rankings in just a second. But first, Field Jeets is going to help us pay Mike Clay's salary. Okay, Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? I'd love it. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today. See all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Hey, college football fans and Mike Clay, I'm going to let you in a little secret. They'll help you win game days this season. It's yes. called Eckrich Smoked Sausage. True, true. You're probably asking yourself, could it really be that easy? Absolutely. Yes, it is. Eckrich Smoked Sausage is crafted with a perfect medley of spices for a truly rich, savory taste, Michael. They're delicious all by themselves or in any recipe mm. that you can dream up, and I can see it in your eyes. If the word recipe sounds like a lot of work, don't worry, it's not. Visit Eckrich.com for dozens of simple, mouth-watering recipes, making your tailgating prep a stress-free event. So there you go. Eckrich Smoked Sausage is the secret to winning game days. You can thank me later. Visit Eckrich.com for more. You're a rock star. <laughs> All right. 
We're going to keep this train moving on Fantasy Focus, talking about a bunch of rankings here for Week 9. Yep. Let's start at the running back position. Boom. This was mine that was offered up, and I will begin with Tony Pollard, Ooh, who I have RB15 this week, and I might be too high, yet I am six yeah. spots higher, lower, excuse me, than both you mm-hmm. and Mike Daniel. Yeah, you are. Over the past four weeks, how many fantasy points do you think Tony Pollard has? How, how many weeks? Four games. Call it past four, four games. Four games. Uh, say 32. Points. I don't know. What was your number? I said 48. 12 points okay. a game. That's how You said right. 42? Uh, 30. I don't know. I was in the 30s. Okay. 40.8. 10.2 fantasy points per game Not for great. Tony Pollard over his past four games. Moreover, what have we seen less of from Tony Pollard this year than prior years? Consistent passing game utilization, big plays, runs on the perimeter, mm-hmm. efficiency, all the things that we thought would... Uh, we were we were fearful of if you were at all a Tony Pollard detractor during the preseason mm-hmm. or during the offseason have come to life this season so far. Uh, it has been a tough go for Tony Pollard of late. The volume has been fine, but the production has been bad. Now they play the Eagles on Sunday. And what do they do extremely well amongst many things, Mike? Yeah, they're uh, great. I mean, they've had the fewest fantasy points to running backs. I will say this. They've had a really easy schedule against oh running gosh. backs. I know, but dude, they dude Raheem Mostert, who was the freaking second highest score running back in fantasy, yeah, I mean, they got shut stonewalled. Down. Like they did, but Brees had twenty, Ramondre had fifteen. Otherwise, okay, it's yeah. Mostert Brees was had the best 20, guy they faced. which included seven free points yeah. at the end of the game. That's fair. That's, right, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. You're I'm right. just saying, are they an out, are they an awesome run defense? Think, yes yeah, or no? Yeah, I would yes, say they so, are. Yeah. Uh, I have Mizarby fifteen, and I feel like I am too high on Tony Pollard. It doesn't feel great understanding everything that Fields just said. The efficiency you haven't seen. You haven't seen the same explosive plays. And even though you don't feel it, Mike, I agree with Field. This is a really elite run defense because of the fact that you've got two incredible guys. More than two. You have a rotational defensive line that is just daunting for offensive lines to play against. Yeah, so I'll make the case for why he's still in my top 10, which is heavy usage, right? 69% snap share, 15 and a half carries and 4.3 targets per game. That's really good usage. And there's been a lot of, again, we talked about this before. There's been a lot of games. He hasn't played much in the fourth quarter. A lot of games, yep. including last week, they had another blowout and they were resting guys late. So there's that uh, 300 plus yard game still. Yep. So he's had a couple, uh, three games where he's put up a lot of yardage. And also he's had a lot of bad touchdown luck. He's his expected touchdown total is about five and a half. He's two touchdowns. Both were scored in week one. So he's been unlucky there. So I feel like, you know me, I'm going to chase the volume you on are. this. Generally, these guys, if they continue to get the volume, which I expect him to. I mean, yeah. Rico Daddle is their number two. So yeah. I don't think that's changed. I think he'll continue to be a guy pushing for 20 touches a week. And also, there's probably a little bit of, and and I'll admit, maybe this is one of my blind spots. I, I always like when a team like Dallas plays the Eagles, I'm just like, they just show up and the Eagles could be playing great. Dallas could be slumping a little and Dallas just, Puts up 34, you know, it just happens. And it's I guess so I felt like that when Miami came into town though a few weeks ago and it did not happen that way. So this is my favorite, like one of my favorite parts about Mike's analysis is that I have never met somebody who is so incisive and pragmatic and logical and just exactly how you should think about something when you have an even temperament than you, like you are outstanding at your job for a million reasons. Thank you. And then we talk about your no, eagles. You. you get a little soft. You get a little scared. You get a little nervous. You're like, well, you know, like, have they really played anybody? I and you know, know, could the Cowboys show up on Sunday afternoon? They're playing in Philadelphia. You know, Dak Prescott always has his favorite pregame meals at cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a little nervous about this one. Come on, Mike. Come I, on. I am. I'm totally guilty of that. I it's know, just I know. Uh, it's great. Uh, it, I will yeah. I will board bet you guys if you'd like then. 
For what it's worth, you had such a compelling argument that I did move Tony Pollard down in my rankings. Okay. okay. Does America see what's happening right now? Once again, me, Field Yates, overtaking Mike as most logical person and most persuasive ranker at ESPN. (laughs) Boom. All right, so That's Daniel, it. you want to be not involved in this? I'll, yeah, I'll take I'll take the middle. Yeah. I'll take the middle wherever you guys. So get the twelve. Yeah. It's not logical for me to. Right, what are we going to say? 12, top twelve. I mean, a lot us to go right to be top twelve. Well, but then I'll, I'll give you top thirteen. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> fine. I'll, twelve and a half. I know. <laughs> I know. Right. No. I'll, no. It's it's fine. Right. It's just. Uh, I'm a long start. shot to win this, but I'll do it. Okay, anyway, go for it. Then. Yeah. Hey, you know what, though? Every once in a while, you do win long shots like I did this yeah. past week because of you via Trey McBride. So let's double this yeah, up. I'm going yeah. to uh, board bet hot streak as well. You are. I know. You are uh, so cooking with going. grease let's, recently. All I right. think in week nine, Tony Pollard will finish as a top 12 fantasy running back. I think in week nine, Tony Pollard will not finish as a top 12 fantasy running back. Put, Put it on, on the board. board. Put it on the board. And once Ooh. again, as is customary, if he finishes exactly 12th, Daniel gets five board bet wins. That's exactly how that yeah. works. I love being that person of the board it's bet. It's great. There's no pressure out. at yeah. all. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to start. No. But, so we always, you know, Dave, our, our great producer, and uh, puts like puts the note together the night before the show. And obviously we update it if things happen in the morning. I'm just going to start going in when we have our rankings discussions huh. and just find your ranks of a player and Mike's ranks of a player and just consistently Split splitting it. the difference. The <laughs> I just want to be, yeah, Switzerland. Then every, every, every uh, rankings conversation we have. That's so good. I don't even know what our board bets were last week. Did we, yeah, we don't need to talk about it. Let's well, talk Mike, about the are you next trying to gloat about your DeAndre Hopkins Tyra Lockett win again? No, that was that was the FF Now one. But okay. I'm sure, sure we did week, some on the show, right? We did. This I feel week, like sometimes we remember them, sometimes we don't. I will tell you what it is if you want to know. Yeah, I, do I, do know. I, don't, I totally memory. don't remember. We took a Christian Kirk board bet as to whether or not he was going to be top 20 or so. Ah, uh, because Field and I both were inside yes. a certain point, and he was not top 20 given everything. So you would okay. have won that. So hot streak continues. You we'll know, keep it going with Tony Pollard. When a, when someone admits that they have like very little memory of a board bet, I should just let it go. Reverse it. I you know, know. Daniel you could, and I were very skittish. You were high on Kirk last we week. We were very like, skittish okay. about <laughs> Kirk, Christian Kirk last week. Mike had him had him wide receiver weird. three. I don't uh, know how he thought that. I move but, on to uh, the next week. Like once inactive start for the 4 p.m. games, I'm already on to next week. Dude, it reminds me of my scouting and coaching days where like it literally be Sunday morning. We have like a primetime game and you're like, yeah, it must be awesome. You get all hyped up for a game on Sunday night. Then it's like you're meeting as a coaching staff at like 830 on Sunday morning. You're like, all right, so we got the Raiders next week. Let's start working yeah, on them. Yeah. It's like, meanwhile, you're playing, you know, the the, the, the like, Broncos that night. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so Raiders, like, you know, like the quarterback yeah. and doing this running game, this focus on that. You're just like, oh my God, that's a lot. Like by the time the NFL draft gets around, it's like area scouts are so focused on the next NFL draft. They're like, oh, wait, Oh, I forgot. What, I forgot. what pick do we have again? Yeah. You know? That's so funny. All right, let's move ahead and talk about another set of running backs here. We already mentioned Fields. You talked about Gardner Minshew in the streaming conversation. Yes. One of the reasons why I'm, I don't want to say out, but don't love Gardner Minshew as a streamer is in part because they're playing the Panthers. Mm. The Panthers do one thing. They give up a ton of fantasy mm-hmm. points to running backs. And this week, they get both Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, Mike Clay. Are we in a spot? especially with four teams on a bye, where both of these guys are still startable in fantasy. I think they are great matchup Four teams on a bye. Uh, Even last week with Moss limited, he still was productive. And I looked at the three games, not not the first game. Taylor came back because he played 10 snaps and I've got to count that one. But in the three games since Taylor holds a slight edge in fantasy points, a slight edge in carries and targets and touches big edge in, in yardage. He's been better there. They're in, in terms of fantasy points per game, Taylor's 14th, Moss is 18th. Wow. So they've both been top 20. Now we have six, or four teams on a bye. 
So yeah, I have them both as top 20 options. I think Taylor is the preferred player. A, a great matchup against Carolina. Your point, Agreed. second most fantasy points to running backs. Taylor is a, a strong mid-range, and we'll say mid-range RB1. And Moss is more of a borderline RB2, but he should certainly be in lineup. Did you say that Moss is 18th in running back points per game? Yes. Last three weeks. Over the, yes. oh, the last, I was going to say. Over the was, last three weeks. Okay, yes. I, was, I, I missed that qualifier because he's fourth in total <laughs> oh, yeah. running back points this season, and he missed week one. Yeah, seventh in um, points per game on the season. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, my analysis aligns with what you guys both just said. I've got Moss as running back 21. I have Taylor as RB7, just a couple of spots lower than you guys because when you said, Daniel, when you introed them, you said, you know, when we're discussing Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, my first thought was, should it be when we're discussing Zach, Zach Moss, Moss and Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor? Taylor? I say it the wrong way. You know, yeah, like me. Mike is shaking. Mike doesn't like that one at all. Well, I just <laughs> said, I mean, Taylor's ahead of him in every category right. except two to one touchdown at uh, edge for Moss. That's it. That's the only area. But otherwise, you know, yeah. snaps, carries, targets, fantasy points, yardage. It's all been talked this week. Love it. Yeah. 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 What about the pass catchers? Obviously, we're starting Michael Pittman in this one because he's one of those guys, especially four teams on a bye. Mm-hmm. But, but Josh Downs, Field Yates, you have been on the Josh Downs bandwagon here. Is this a week where you would start him? Against the Carolina Panthers. I have him. It's close. I've got him as wide receiver 30. So I'm highest amongst mm-hmm. our rankers here. And so that's obviously in a 10-team league. That's a flex consideration. In a 12-team league, he's probably going to be a starter. Anything deeper than that, he's borderline a must-start. And mm-hmm. he's got 13-plus fantasy points in each of the past four games. All of the targets, it feels like, for the wide receivers in Indianapolis are going to him or Michael Pittman Jr. And because he's such a good slot receiver, like the... Um, difficulty that Gardner Minshew faces when throwing the ball to Josh Downs is fairly low. He's just a really good player too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I, I've, I've mentioned how this Colts draft class could look like just a real keeper by the end of, or at least maybe, maybe even the beginning of next season because of the promise of Anthony Richardson and the development of Josh Downs alone. Like those two guys look like the real deal here. And uh, as somebody who in the war room, we play two wide receivers and two flex spots and ends up oftentimes being that both your flexes are wide receivers. It's a 16 team league. And I don't know that this matters when you actually, when the games actually begin, but going into the week, I kind of think to myself like, ah, good thing I have Josh Downs and also Michael Pittman as opposed to the other way around, <laughs> right? Because Downs has been so consistent of late. Yeah. Yeah. He he's really been, has. He's been Consistent's the word, high floor. Yeah. That's what he's been because he only has two weekly finishes better than 29th, one better than 18th. So it's generally been like just solid production. And a 16-teamer, that's great. And a 12-teamer, a deeper 12-teamer, that's good, you know, good flex, maybe on the wide receiver three radar. So not a high ceiling, but he's a solid play. I'm glad you more fantasy points in four straight games for Josh Downs. I'm glad you mentioned the idea, though, and that's a great stat there, too, about like how, you know, you're not going to get a ton of upside coming into the season. I think my analysis often fixates most on who are the players that can challenge to be a top 10 player at their position in a Mm -hmm. given week. Once the season begins, and a lot of the guys that we had high hopes for coming into the season either don't meet expectations or they meet them early and then come back down to earth, my appreciation for these Mm -hmm. solid players grows. Mm-hmm. Right. Like in the beginning of the year, if you told me like, yeah, he might have a couple, he might have one top 20 week this season. I wouldn't be saying to you like, bam, baby, Josh mm-hmm. Downs lottery ticket. You got to have now that we're in it. And now that we've seen players that we thought were going to have monster seasons, not have monster seasons, or even guys that we thought could have solid seasons that are just kind of like, mm-hmm. man, really? 
like Josh Downs appreciation has grown throughout the year. He's not the only player that fits into that category, but he's a pretty good example of the dynamic that I think I'm trying to get to. I always write about, uh, I have a section of the off season playbook. I do. Yeah. It's like a long article that I do. Like it's just a marathon of a piece, but I have a section in there where I write about that, which is there's always guys that fit that bill that people did just seem boring, but they're always those high floor guys like, Derek Mason and Jarvis yeah. Landry yeah. and Tyler Boyd for a while. Like there's always a laundry list of guys like that. This year, my favorite target in that category was Jacoby Myers. And he's yeah. at a higher ceiling than we could have imagined. Now, who knows what's going to happen going forward with that. We'll offense. Well, moment. Yeah, yep. we'll, we'll get to it. But you know, there's, oh, you're right. There's always guys like that. that kind of, uh, kind of stick out to your point. Field Yates, yeah. Josh Downs over the last four weeks, yes. wide receiver 13 averaging 16.6 fantasy points per game. Guy that we thought was going to be good coming into the season, Devontae Adams over the yeah. last four weeks, wide receiver, 61, averaging. Yeah. Also on my Warham League team, by the way. Oh, so no. I should have said, like, you know, maybe I should move Devontae down to the flex spot for a little motivation mm-hmm. here. I got to tell you, this is exactly what I'm doing. Can I tell you? I'll just be honest about this. I got Devontae Adams at wide receiver 20 right now. Okay. I am. I understand Devontae Adams is a superstar. Mm -hmm. He is still a starter for me, but this is just as much about the idea that like, this is not a Devontae Adams thing to me. Devontae Adams is fantastic. This offense has looked brutal. They obviously just fired Josh McDaniels. They have their offensive coordinator and their offensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. promoting quarterbacks, coach Bo Hardigree to the OC spot. Mm -hmm. So call plays. Yeah. Yep. So we'll see how that works out. But in a week, you can tell me otherwise. I don't know how this works in a week where you actually have coaching staff changes, what that does to the offensive game plan. But to me, I would simplify everything and just throw the ball to Devontae Adams. Okay, so good point. I would agree. And I would also imagine that when Mark Davis, who made this decision last night late, goes into the offices of the various coaches who are going to take on new roles right now, part of his directive is to get the most out of our best player. Period. Whatever him and mm-hmm. I think you know probably Josh a, Jacobs. I was gonna say Devontae Adams and and uh, and, and I, I think Max Crosby are the two clear cut best oh, players okay. on this Raiders team. Sure, get the most out of Devontae Adams. They're already getting the most out of Max Crosby. And I thought about this, and I think some of this can be a little bit anecdotal. But I was just wondering what happened last year to the Colts when they made an interim head coach change, and obviously they only won one game once Jeff Satter mm-hmm. became their coach. However, maybe this is just coincidence. Right after they made the head coaching change, Jonathan Taylor went back for liftoff for like a five-game stretch. Mm -hmm. Some of that was perhaps tied to the fact that he was healthier. But remember, they they benched Matt Ryan and then brought Matt Ryan back off the bench and Mm -hmm. made him the quarterback again. I think if I'm the Raiders this week, and it sounds like Aiden O'Connell could very well be starting in place of Jimmy Garoppolo, it's going to be, we're going to play the kid that this is not like looking towards the future. Like they may actually believe, and given how Jimmy Garoppolo has performed this season, Adrian O'Connell might actually give them a better chance to score over 20 points in a game for the first time this season. And they're going to say 17, give him 17 targets a game. This guy's a freaking alien mm-hmm. and we can't get him involved for the past four weeks. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. As you're talking about this, just so that you know, it is official based on rap sheet and Mike Garofalo that Aiden O'Connell is going to get the start for the Las Vegas saying. Raiders this week. As you're saying, you basically spoke it into existence. I, I, I saw it. Uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd seen um, Vince. I'm going to screw up his name. He, uh, Honest, a local. Yeah. Yeah. yeah excellent yep. tight end. He had reported, I think, over the night last night. That mm-hmm. was going to be. That so, was going to uh, be the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's um, official. I will say this. I'm more optimistic about Adams for some of the reasons you laid out, which is they're just it's Devontae Adams. They're going to find a way to get him the football. Also, 
the, this last four game stretch, he is 142 yards. That's his lowest in a four game stretch since 2015. Yeah, the crazy. end of the season, yeah. uh, it's not going to be nearly that bad going forward. Uh, obviously, Wait, he had better why? days after. Just that. tell me why. Tell me how because you can tell it's me why. Devontae Adams, Adams and oh, these yeah. guys have slumps sometimes. It's not was... usually this bad, but sometimes it's bad. You know, we've yeah. seen Savon Diggs and Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill, and these these guys occasionally have these down stretches. It's and. Look, this one was so bad. They fired their coach, <laughs> offensive coordinator, yeah. GM, other running. Uh, no, not running back. Uh, that was Chicago. That was, that was yeah. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, For different reasons. Those are yeah. running together. Um, and also the Raiders are one of two teams. Uh, you can guess the other one that have not scored more than two, more than uh, two touchdowns in a game. This Sorry, season. I, I, I use this. I, I credited you, but I used it yesterday oh, on the, the Jets, show. Yeah. I'll yeah. bet okay. you the Jets are the other one. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's you know. amazing. I think it would be the Giants. Not going to lie, by the way, I felt bad because like I opened up, I, I guess Mike didn't watch yesterday's show. It was electric. <laughs> I, I just it's our highest rated part. show on the, uh, on the uh, comedy podcast chart so far this Naturally, year. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mentioned like we have to give the same energy to the Raiders that we do towards the Falcons in terms of misusing these incredible mm-hmm. players on offense. Yeah. I was kind of feel yeah. bad that like 12 hours later, the head coach could fire. So you're yeah. like, um, yeah. I was thinking about that driving in. I'm just like, man, McDaniels was, that sitting was there exact, with by the way. Jacobs, Adams, Myers got good money. Michael, Michael Mayer. Mayer, they drafted in the second round. Yeah. Like, did, does Hunter no Renfro excuse. just stop being no a good excuse. football player too? Like that's a, another thing. He had a hundred catches before yeah. McDaniels. Got, I mean, <laughs> just, just man, what? No excuse. The There's lead no excuse into my, the lead into my, talking points yesterday was I was driving on the way into work thinking about how the Raiders <laughs> deserve oh, really? the same no. energy. Yesterday. Exactly what you were saying earlier. This is what we think about. So, we're just so driving around. Here's, like, here's the deal, people. Mike was actually listening to the show yesterday. <laughs> I just stole everything. And just wanted to play it. dumb for a second and just repurpose my thoughts. <laughs> That's it. That's what yeah. it is. You are like, uh, we, we you know, really all just, the, you know, the, all the, the, the football aggregators on Twitter who literally all they do all day is just yeah. wait for someone else to tweet something That's and so then good. slap a picture on it. Use a bunch of crazy fonts, like make it, very salacious like it's like hey um, I don't, i'm just making this up here right like uh, you know the saints released their third string running back and they're like breaking uh-huh. picture saints wave tony jones jr yeah once had 412 yards in a high school game has averaged under 2.5 yards per carry please retweet for awareness please yeah they had 432 yeah. likes or yeah, something yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah i mean Anyways, it, it works yeah. for them i guess but uh what a dumpster fire yeah, with you. i like when they become. do it and yeah. they copy and paste and they there was a misspelling in the yes yeah, the best right <laughs> and, so then they, and then like they start clear. arguing with each other yeah <laughs> that's even better that's so good we could do a whole episode on that anyway. one for what it's worth, I just want to oh, say this. Man. I think Devontae Adams' better days are ahead. I agree with you. But right now, I am taking the Field Yates approach, yeah. ranking him as wide receiver 20 to motivate him this week. Hey, by the way, uh, speaking of quarterback changes. Uh-oh. All right, let's, 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 okay, so we'll talk about this, and then we have a couple, we're going to start to pick up the pace here. Okay. Taylor Heineke time in Atlanta. Let's yes. go. Wow. Yes. Just announced by Arthur Smith, Taylor Heineke is the new Atlanta Falcons starting quarterback, guys. All right. Um, all right. All right. Like so, first, not personal. It's not personal, guys. Like, Desmond Ritter, we're not happy to see you get benched. But we've only been talking about this since August. Like, if Taylor Heineke was starting quarterback, we'd feel better about these players. I think the boost is, like, more a scotch than it is, like, oh, my God, Drake on the top 12 wide receiver. They're still going to be the run-heaviest offense in the NFL. But I feel more confident, Mm -hmm. in general, about each of the three stars in the Atlanta offense. Mm -hmm. Drake London, Johnny Smith, Smith and Kadero Hodges. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, uh, no, Drake uh, London, Kyle Pitts, and also, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did throw five of his 20 throws to uh, Van Drake Jefferson Lund- and then uh, a handful to other receivers that were not. Well, Drake yeah. London was hurt, so yeah. we'll see. Hopefully, he's good to go this week. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I just man. think uh, more. Uh, more efficiency on the passing is what we're hoping for. We're and let's just hope he's, he steps in there and directs the football to the right guys. Yep. Right. I'm uh, with you on that. That'll be, that'll be huge. So um, I don't know that it'll be a, even a super flex starter Heineke in this offense, but again, we just care about getting the ball to the skill guys. So That's feel right. a little better about them right now. Let's talk about the green Bay Packers wide receivers. This one doesn't feel good either because Jordan love has been difficult Hold trying on. to, it feels Hold great on. for you. I don't. Yeah, want you, this is your yeah. victory lap opportunity. I, I know, but I'm sitting here next to one of my best friends. And yeah. I, I hey, don't it's, wanna... it's early, but so far you got a major W on this Mike, one. I'll give it to you. It's halfway through the season. I mean, well, okay, Watson missed a month, but I mean, he's played, <laughs> he's played three full games. Yeah, fair enough. Fair but enough, again, yeah. uh, I'm. I guess maybe it's just uh, manifesting it. Right, I, know, thinking, I know, I know, I know. I'm I know, hoping I know. Watson has a second half like he did last year, and then I'll feel much better about this. But but you can't so start either of these guys, can you? What? You can't start either of these guys confidently, can you? Um, well, I'll say this. I, I, I meant to ask this at the beginning of the show because I want to tip it off because now it's obvious. But who leads the NFL in end zone targets this season? And to be clear, he is 12. No one else in the NFL is t- more than 10. 12. I, I Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. Really? Leads yeah. the NFL in end zone targets. And actually, Watson leads the NFL in end zone targets since his, his full return. Actually, since he returned. So including that limited game and including the bye week. That's He's leading the NFL in end zone targets. The problem is... They're the like 10 feet above his head, good. right? They're just, he's missing them. Uh, oh, I was watching that closely last week, as you can imagine. Yeah. And just love kept looking. Here's Watson in the end zone and just missing him. high. like yep. he couldn't, couldn't get to it. So inaccurate, um, especially downfield, yeah, especially yeah. downfield. I didn't think he'd be this bad. I, yeah, I know you didn't. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I, and it, again, part of my case in the offseason was Aaron Rodgers didn't exactly have a good year last year. No, he, that is and fair. And Watson was still really was productive. Still and they are trying to get the ball to Watson. I mean, he had eight targets last week. That matched a career high. I think it, so they're trying to get it to him. It just hasn't been good so far. This is not, I'm not trying to say this is like slander towards Jordan Love, but I think what you just said is yeah, a good are. point to the, <laughs> to the fact that like sometimes we watch these superstars struggle. And Mm -hmm. even a struggling superstar is better than like an average player at the Mm -hmm. position sometimes. Like Aaron Rodgers looked tough last year. It was not ideal for him. But now without Aaron Rodgers, this Packers offense looks way different. Yeah, by by the way, uh, another part of the problem is, check this out. Since Watson came back, he has the most targets and catches on the team among the receivers. Romeo Dobbs has the most touchdowns among the receivers. (laughs) Jaden Reed is the most fantasy points among the receivers, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, but he's in the middle on everything. (laughs) So it's just not happening. And by the way, Dobbs hasn't had a top 30 since week four. Uh, Had a really nine targets last week, but only had, what, 18 yards, scored a touchdown. Uh, To your point, like Watson, I think, is still the most startable because he's had the most volume. Uh, And the best player, I think, out of those. And and the best player, yeah. Dobbs is is tough to trust. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I still don't want to start if I can help it. Christian Watson against the Rams because Mike, you actually started this whole thing off by speaking into existence the Rams' awesome defense this year. Yeah, you gave them um, that motivation. Well, they, I mean, they've the really come back down to earth. Uh, aside of okay, so Arizona, they they crushed them. They had a yeah. huge defensive game. Other than that, they have the sixth worst defensive EPA. Do so, they? All right, yeah. so maybe you were right. Yeah, all along. We'll see. I mean, they've been up and down for sure. Yeah. They're they're not the we'll say dumpster fire that they could have been based mm. on what they had on paper. So great coaching job there. But yeah, they are definitely. Starting to be exposed to some extent. Are you starting either one of these running backs? I'm yeah, still starting Aaron Jones. Do you want to? Sound like you were uh, passionate yeah, I mean, about that case. Uh, he trended back up in terms of snaps a little bit last week. Forty percent of the snaps. Uh, the production wasn't great. I can't believe you just said that. 
Like the idea uh, that we're starting up to 48% of snaps is where we're starting. Let's, can I just say this really quickly? Say Last three want, games, yeah. 1.9, 7.2, 6.6. Yeah, I don't understand healthy. the confidence. Like I get that mm -hmm. we've got to start him because he's better than a lot of the guys. I just don't feel confident in starting Aaron Jones, period. Yeah, I mean the entire and, offense. I mean, I think it's emblematic of where things are at right now with Green Bay. I and thought we're still starting him as running back twelve this week. Yeah, I've thought a lot about these teams that are like you know in the bottom ten or so uh, of the NFL, maybe bottom twelve even, where you could see them sinking towards the bottom five. And I've thought about as I think about teams that are in that category, I always think not just about like what their pathway forward is, but also like how do you undo some of the errors in the first place. There are teams where it's a queen, like it's it's a clean, easy way out. Like if you're Washington and you need a new quarterback this offseason, in your estimation, like either moving a fifth round pick to the bench or waving him, which I don't think you'd wave Sam Howell. You could trade him. Like that's easy to do. Mm. Right? Like Green Bay untangling this web right now is maybe pivoting off of the guy that you took in the first round when you still had Aaron Rodgers. By the way, in like a part of his mm -hmm. prime just before he won back-to-back -back MVP seasons. What a complicated web Green Bay has facing them this offseason if things continue like they have so far. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, if this continues, they have to make a change. Have to. They just have yeah. to. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, I thought I thought the Rasul Douglas trade was interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a star. I mean, starter, solid player. I yeah. mean, are they packing it in a little bit? Packing, packing it in. Well yeah. done, Mike. Yeah. You want to get some younger guys in there? Uh, what if they made Parenton that Jonathan Valentine? Taylor trade back in the day? The what? Stop Remember it. that Jonathan Taylor offered that they oh reportedly pursued? Would have been interesting, huh? Yeah. I still wonder about that. Was A.J. Dillon going the other way? Something like that. Speaking hmm. of which, second round Dillon pick. They been. have a decision on their hands with him, too. And they extended Aaron Jones. And Do they have a decision with A.J. Dillon? He's going to be a free agent after this year. Yeah, I mean, but so. do you keep him I, and move I, on I from 29-year-old Aaron Jones? Or do you just blow up the running back position? Also a free over? agent this offseason, Aaron Jones. Oh, is he? Yes. So was that, After was he that redid his deal oh, this okay, offseason okay, okay, and gotcha. chopped off the final year, which would be next year. So anyways, um, just to put ranks to what we talked about, RB16 for mm -hmm. Aaron Jones for me. 18 for both of you. I'm sorry, Mike, you're at 16 as well. And then uh, outside the top 30 for uh, AJ Dillon for all three of us. Yeah. yeah. By, and by the way, part of that is the similar discussion to quarterbacks, which is you get to a point where you're like, well, not so great yeah. anymore. Yeah. Four teams on a yes. bye as well. Yep. And Jones is the next best guy. Totally. Uh, and and Matt LaFleur is obviously going to try to maximize him best, best he can. Yep. Uh, do we want to do Jordan Addison again? Or do, who was it that uh, offered up Jordan Addison in this conversation out of the three of us? Um, that's a great question. I don't know. I think he was just part of the Daniel's. You he was part of the, yeah, me. the quarterback. So do you have any like updated thoughts from well, the Joshua Dobbs trade? So here's the thing. Part of me was, I was going to say this Jordan Addison over the last two weeks yep. is wide receiver. What? Seven wide receiver two. Wow. Second best wide receiver in the game. More fantasy points over the last two weeks than a guy named Tyreek Hill. I don't know if you ever heard of Tyreek. I Hill should have not. known he's that. He's my guy. I should know this he about my guy. guy. So we're going to take a guy that is wide receiver two yeah. over the last two weeks and he's ranked outside our top 30 of the position. And I just wanted to talk about why, because even though obviously you're going to get Jaron Hall, yeah. there's still a thought process yeah, where it's like, say. that's <laughs> it. Yeah. That's it. The only way that you go from a guy who has been that good, seeing, seeing that much volume to all of a sudden, now we're saying he's unstartable because of the quarterback position. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, I, we talked about this earlier, but I mean, we thought Garrett Wilson could be a top five guy and he's delivering around 30th and, and wide receiver with, with the, Zach Wilson. And it's really center. because of the quarterback the situation. number two pick in the draft three years ago under center. So even yeah. though you had Jordan Addison go yeah. off for two straight weeks, it does not mean that he is a lineup lock for your lineup this week because of the quarterback I, change. I, I think in the playbook I wrote that I still feel like there's no way you're benching him. Yep. Um, he's but a, he's a flex tough. play. Tough. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still, 
it's a little tricky. Well, I think, yeah, I think he's a flex, but I think you'd probably be hard pressed to bench him. Just love it. Just if you had told someone a year ago that Josh Dobbs was going to come in and save the Vikings season. Oh my gosh. Bring that passing game back to life. I kind of hope he could have made some serious I kind of hope he's like, we're going to get them tweets from, from field eats around Ooh. what time would it be? Like uh one, two, yeah, two fifteen, two thirty. Josh Dobbs is uh replacing Jaron Hall in the yeah. second half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. after halftime, no. oh, don't want that. We need. <laughs> really, really tamp no, we do down. Want that. Well, technically, I, I do want yeah. that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, really, what we want is Hall to just be a gem find and yeah. he's a home run and saves the season for them. But we've really uh, tamped down the tweeting on Sundays. It's just, a, just oh, me too. At Every some point, we're gonna do a it just a show just on what has changed in the football media oh, over the past so much Goodness couple gracious. of years. Yeah. Hey, which one would you start this week, Field? Would you start Jordan Addison or would you start DJ Moore? Well, my rankings have DJ Moore slightly ahead of Jordan Addison, but I am quite a bit behind my clay with dj moore now moore has actually been fine with tyson bajant under center mike's at wide receiver 19 what are you what are you wide receiver 31 yeah what? so uh he's been fine like it's dj moore obviously had that one massive massive game the 48 wow. point effort i had a stat here he had on two DJ. games back to back in which he was top five he's been outside the top 30 since then top mm-hmm. 30 yeah so i just so he's got 10 plus fantasy points in six of his nine games this season but as mike told us like was, was, was sort of referencing earlier with josh downs is that like solid is not something like it's something you're looking for in certain players. You're not looking for solid from DJ Moore, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking for lock it in fantasy starters. So uh, just have some concerns about this bears mm-hmm. offense uh, facing a more difficult matchup than the chargers, because basically every matchup is more difficult than the chargers, regardless of who you are playing. So mm-hmm. I've got him as wide receiver 28. I just feel like uh, the offense, by the eye test is just dramatically, even if Justin, even when Justin Fields was uh, as inconsistent as he was at the beginning of the year, the passing game just strikes a lot less potency or has a lot less potency with Tyson Bajan under center. Like that's my hot take of the day right there. Yeah, How's so that? I guess I'm just still chasing volume here. Still a huge target share. He's 22 yeah. targets in the last three games, despite the production being down at least four catches in every game. And the saints are mid pack against receivers. So I'm not part, yeah, super worried about nervous. that. And I'm just buying into talent and Bajan being a little better and then continuing to throw him a ton of football. So uh, it really comes down to that. But again, he's in that I have him kind of leading a big tier of receivers in the, in that area. So um Fair enough. I, I mean, Tyson Bajan averaging less, less than 200 passing yards per game has one passing touchdown in both of his mm-hmm. two starts combined. Yeah. So it's I'm with field on this one because this is not again, not a DJ Moore thing. I think DJ Moore is a really good wide receiver. But with this offense, they have been so I, I mentioned this on the scoreboard. They have just been so aggressively mediocre mm. across the board, except for that one game against Washington, except that one game. Mac Clay fodder right there. I mean, Mac Jones fodder <laughs> from Mike Clay, Mac Clay, Mac Clay, <laughs> Mac Clay. <laughs> If he balls yeah. out this Sunday, I will call him Matt Clay. Matt Clay. Matt Clay. Yeah, that's, that's what it. it's going to be. That's it. But Washington defense, the gift that keeps on giving. That's right. It has so far. We'll see. I'm very curious to see what happens with Washington now. Are they going to step it up now? Or are they going to fall who? apart now? And Casey so. Tuhill is going to step it up He's this weekend for you. It. Watch Let's him go. have three sacks and win F-A-O defensive Bottoms. player of the week. How yeah, amazing would that be? be so typical football right there. Yeah. Yep. All right. Now it's time for AI-generated fantasy insights built with IBM Watson. We're talking risky business here this week. Guys, if you were looking at a Panthers wide receiver, excuse me, Panthers running back that you want to play, Miles Sanders was the guy coming into the season. We had such high hopes for him. And now it looks like Chuba Hubbard has taken over. Risky business starting Miles Sanders this week, Field? It is the riskiest business in all fantasy football. (laughs) Yeah, if you like zero points, then sure, it's a good idea. He had two carries for zero yards last week. You know who Mark Harrison him last week? um, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, no, he was he was inactive, but he was close. Okay. Oh, yeah, wow. he was. He was only two behind. Uh, uh, Raheem Blackshear. 
course. Their wow. third running back, actually, Stop Mark it. Harris. Stop. Unbelievable. So it's actually kind of amazing that we still have him inside our top 50 for this week. Yeah. I mean, he um, can't be near lineups. He can't be in lineups. Can't do it. And I think there's okay value with Chuba Hubbard, but I still mm-hmm. think that you are counting on a touchdown, which do you count on a touchdown for an offense that up until last week? Wait, wow. you know what? They've been a little bit better. Like, in you know, the game script certainly was playing into their favor, throwing the football mm-hmm. a lot. I don't really know. Like, I'm so glad they got a win. I hate when teams are winless in the NFL. But, like, do we really feel like the offense turned it around last week when they scored 15 points? No. No, no. we don't. I'm, but I will say this. They're playing the Colts. And the Colts have allowed the second most touchdowns to running back so far really? this season. Interesting. And the wow. fifth most fantasy points. So maybe there's uh, some sleeper appeal here for Hubbard. The reason, despite the fact that he played two-thirds of the snaps at 15 carries and two targets last week, I mean, his efficiency was not good, first of all. Yes. But also... They paid Miles Sanders a lot of money, and I think that we should play this safe in a way that's like they're going to give Sanders another look. You think so? Like, I think he will play more than, yeah, 10 to 12 snaps. Just, Do you think I mean, it happens before they lose again? No. I think, well, I think it could happen this week. And again, if Hubbard played well last week, yeah. it might be a different conversation, but he had 28 yards and 15 carries. Mm. So it wasn't exactly lighting it up. So. With the amount you paid Sanders, it would not surprise me if he plays more. Like then again, it's 50, the Panthers. I'm not sure that any organization over the past three years has made their mind and then changed their mind more. Yeah. I guess other than the Raiders, right? I mean, yeah, I, that's fair. T- totally fair. I just uh, I don't think Hubbard has done anything to kind of cement his status. And I think we yeah, have to inject good. some of that risk with Hubbard into our ranking. That's why he's not. You know, look if we in the in this matchup, if we thought Hubbard was a good player at a secure role yeah. as a number one, was going to see. 15 to 20 touches against this defense top 15 yeah right and we have him what 26 to 30th so yeah. i think that's the only reason he's not higher how many fantasy points do you think miles sanders has over the last three games combined well he missed uh, the ones he's played three games 9.8 because oh. it's really the last two games yeah, combined because right. he had zero last night uh he has 5.9 5.9 over three games he's averaging less than two fantasy points per game running behind that eagles o-line was uh it's pretty beneficial. I huh. thank you, Mike. I said yeah. that. Well, yeah, we we talked about that in the offseason. More off yards before I mean, first yeah. contact than any other player coming catcher. into the league. That what you guys do with that offensive line, and you've, we've seen it again with DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift and what you guys are doing for the Eagles. Like this, this did not work out the same way. You know, and they have, they did try. He had Note a ton to of self. targets, ton of carries yes. out of the gate. Yeah, it just wondering. hasn't worked. Yeah. Note to self. Rashad Penny is going to have a two to three game sample size later this season where he balls out. He's going to crush It's just it. going to happen. Yeah. Like just weird stuff happens in fantasy all the time. Yep. Well, that right there. I got to write that one down. Can he, can he gain well? Remember, no carries after the fumble last oh, week inside the 10. So Ooh, who knows? You're telling me there's a Interesting. chance. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned it. Come back tomorrow. Field and I are talking Thursday night football. We're doing the first part of our week nine preview. Yeah. No Mike Clay. He'll be back on Friday with our friend Stefania. So come back. It'll Mac just be Clay. Field and I. That's right. Mac Clay. Mac Clay. We love you guys. We'll see you. Peace. That wasn't bad. Do you have any Will Levis thoughts you want to share before the show tomorrow? Uh, I have him like 15th in my ranking. I know. So let's I know. go. More DeAndre Hopkins. Over one and a half passing touchdowns. What do you got? Big plus money on that. Big plus money? Yeah. I'll take it if it's big plus it money, It's like Mike. plus 164. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'll take yeah, that. It's actually. 80 eggs. He's a NASCAR guy with a base to try. A Langford fan for life. Chargers are off to a terrible start, but that won't change his mind. Matching up all the cornerbacks, touchdown regression and weekly stats. But if your team falls flat, 